Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi. I'm Bella Perez Rubio, Puma Podcast, and you're listening to Teka Teka News. Balitang thinking, hindi breaking. In this episode, the treatment of martial law ranges from only 7 to 11% of the total number of pages in the grade 6 textbook. Moreover, given the overall textbook narrative of the Filipino struggle for freedom and nationhood, martial law occupies a relatively limited space. This week, a panel of history professors presented the findings of their review of 14 Philippine history textbooks taught in grade school. What they found was alarming. I suppose the real test of the textbook is how it deals with controversies in the past. In our contemporary history, that would be martial law. That's UP Diliman Professor Emeritus and FEU Public Policy Center board member Maria Serena or Maris Diokno. She led the team of historians and professors who conducted the review of textbooks taught to students in grades 5 and 6 in public and private schools across Luzon. In the Araling Panlipunan curriculum, martial law is a significant event. You see this in the DepEd curriculum. The year 1972 serves as the event that divides contemporary history, contemporary meaning post-war, post-independence, into two. The use of this event to delineate one period from the next suggests a radical departure from what was to something different or striking. As she said earlier, they found that only 7 to 11% of the total number of pages in the grade 6 textbooks were devoted to martial law. Another problem was the way these sections were written. Except for one textbook which views martial law positively, the rest attempt to appear objective, factual, and fair by presenting both sides. Yet they do so in ways that we historians find precarious. The first is by keeping silent about significant events, such as the 1973 Constitution. One textbook doesn't even mention it. Two do, but in two to four sentences. Two explain it briefly, and two others explain it adequately. Now, Mr. Marco Sr. based his entire martial law program, Constitutional Authoritarianism, on this Constitution. Here's what the textbook authors had to say about the lifting of martial law. Two textbooks claim that martial law came to an end in 1981, but ignore the fact that Marcos Sr. remained powerful based on his own proclamation of 17 January 1981. The other textbooks agree that martial law was not actually lifted in practice, but only two of them provide evidence 
to support this position. What about the widespread plunder that made us infamous throughout the world? Only one textbook out of seven mentions Marcos's ill-gotten wealth and does so tentatively. Quote, naging usap-usapan, despite the evidence, which includes Supreme Court and Sandigan Bayan decisions. Five textbooks briefly discuss acts of corruption by the Marcos cronies, but not by Mr. Marcos himself and his family. And one textbook, which mentions the Presidential Commission on Good Governance, well, in two sentences, is nonetheless silent about the Marcos family's plunder of national coffers. Even the motives that led Ferdinand Marcos Sr. to declare martial law in the first place have been scrubbed from these textbooks. With respect to why Marcos Sr. imposed martial law, only two textbooks refer to his ambition to remain in power beyond his term. But they present this reason not as their own, but as the viewpoint of some unnamed historians. Another issue historians found with these textbooks is the way they teach students to engage with history. The other method of trying to appear objective springs from the view that the history of the period is a matter of opinion or sentiment. This false sense of objectivity is reinforced by some of the learning activities found in these books. For example, The title of this exercise is Ang Aking Hatol. So the student has to make a judgment. But is the student asked to provide any evidence? All the student is asked is to check smiley or frowning. But what is the reason or the evidence for smiling or frowning? Here's another one. So the student is asked to survey 10 persons from the community aged 30 to 65 about their views of martial law and to simply list their answers. But it is not clear how students are supposed to come to a conclusion. Is that conclusion the result of their survey? The students thinking about the results of the survey? Evidence that supports or contradicts the opinions expressed in the survey? Because no analysis is called for. The implication is that the study of martial law is merely a case of forming opinions. Professor Maris, a former chairperson of the National Historical Commission of the Philippines, worries that these kinds of exercises do much more harm than good. Opinions or interpretations in history are grounded in evidence. Otherwise, they have no value. And asking students to render judgment without any evidence is anti-historical. It is perhaps what gives rise to the notion of history as chismis. Yet in the section on martial law, we find several exercises that ask students to collect perceptions, but not to analyze them or weigh them in the light of evidence. And it doesn't end there. Here's another thing these textbooks get wrong. The final method of trying to appear fair is what is called both sidesism, or equating two sides of the issue, even when they are not equal. Textbook authors commonly ask students to enumerate the good or positive and bad or negative features of martial law, and then just end with a student's list. But the serious learning part, reflecting on the lists produced by the students, is carefully avoided. 
Does this thinking sound familiar to you? You probably heard as a child that there are always two sides to every story. And in the age of Donald Trump, you likely came across the term alternative facts. Or maybe, after the Marcoses successfully reclaimed Malacanang this year, you saw the uproar over a certain movie that supposedly recounts how the family experienced EDSA. Let me ask you, would the infrastructure program of martial law, often touted as an outstanding achievement, outweigh the denial of rights and grievous violations of human rights? Would a peaceful citizenry, cowed by the dictatorial strictures of martial law, be of greater value or good than the loss of their freedoms? If both sides are treated equally, then none gets dismissed even if one is gravely objectionable. Remember when President Ferdinand Marcos Jr. said this at his inauguration? What we teach in our schools, the materials used, must be rethought. I am not talking about history. I am talking about the basics, the sciences, sharpening theoretical aptitude and imparting vocational skills, such as in the German example. He made the same assurance about not changing our history books during his first State of the Nation address. This gave his critics hope that there would be some restraint on his part, that he wouldn't use his power to whitewash the horrors of the martial law period. But turns out, he won't even have to rewrite textbooks. They're already written so badly. It should not surprise us that Filipino students do not know our history. And that was today's episode of Teka Teka. Again, I'm Bella Perez-Rubio. This episode was produced by Kat Ventura and edited by Preska Pistrano. If you liked this episode, share it with a friend or two. And don't forget to leave us a 5-star rating on your podcast app. It really helps get the word out about our show. At para sa mga mahilig manood sa YouTube, Puma Podcast na rin po kami doon. Just search Puma Podcast and subscribe to our channel. Thanks for listening. <laughs>